1: Welcome to the revolution. Loving it, by the way. All
0: right, let's go. And three, two, one.
1: A show in which all others will be judged. Well, it sounds like this. I'm listening. <laughs> They're just better, and they know it too. <laughs> imitated, but never duplicated No. (laughs) This might be super emotionally scarring for me! Live from America's heartland, The Revolution with Jim and Trav is on the air. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Hey guys, I'm Jeff Danker with Buck Ventures, and I gotta tell you, if you want energy, if you want some fun, if you want some guys, to listen to talk to you need to make sure and listen to jim and trap by the way i am their dad and you're listening to the revolution
2: we're westbound down loading up with gear and
3: hunting we're gonna do what they say can not be done
4: can i have a dr pepper and a diablo sandwich <laughs> you know we ain't got time for that stuff <laughs>
3: I actually looked that up. You know what that is?
4: What's that? It's a fancy, sloppy Joe. That's what a Diablo... <laughs> s- I didn't know that. Was, Diablo sandwich? For so many years, I didn't know what a Diablo sandwich was, yeah. and so I finally looked it up. Uh, nice plug, though. I'm Jeff yeah. Danker being our daddy. <laughs> uh, make sure, though, you do watch, because... you We know, got Deer Week coming up. Je- yeah, Deer Week is coming up September 13th through the 19th on Sportsman Channel and Outdoor Channel, hosted by Jeff Danker. Also, Cody Johnson. Cody Johnson. Love his music. All right, so we are talking what, Jimbo, this week? We're talking Cats, Bulls, and... Bucks. Yeah, going to be joined in just a second by a uh, cat daddy to talk cat fishing. <laughs> what do you know? Cat daddy's going to talk elk hunting. That's uh, what he's going to do. Now he's going to join Rhode us. Island. Yeah, he's going to join us in just a second. We're also going to do a two-parter. We haven't had the guy on like four or five years. Freddie Hartis from the Maverick. What a great guy! Yeah, Sportsman Channel Sundays, eight p.m. Eastern time, and then we're also going to do a doubleheader with Laramie Sasquatch Miller. Yeah, Jimbo has such an easy time saying Sasquatch. <laughs> Last of breed. that's Sportsman Channel Sundays, nine thirty p.m. Eastern Time, but let's get to, let's get to Cat Daddy. Yeah, and it's brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings.
5: Your attention, please. Now
1: here's Cat Daddy, Tuna Tub Captain, and Head Honcho at Cat Daddy's Catfishing Adventures. I'll never go fishing again. This is in my friend. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com. Here are the boys.
4: Yes, we're just now being joined by Cat Daddy, the Kansas Cat Man, the slayer, the purveyor of all things whiskers. Mr. Cat Daddy, how's it going, buddy?
5: Well, I tell you what, boys, it's going daggone good. Uh, you know, the, we've been fishing flatheads in on the river for the last week or two, and when all that high water came, boy, we, we put it on some big old flatheads now. I'm talking about 80, 85, 86 pounds, just regular river hogs, boy. I mean, nice fish, you know, and we took nice pictures and let them go well, three or four days after that, you know they stopped all the water coming out, of all the lakes of Clinton, Tuttle Creek, Melbourne, all in places, and man, the river just it looked like the great catfish god pulled the plug, and it just went down enough, and we got three foot sandbars sticking up out of the water everywhere you look,
6: Oh, holy, holy cow, cow, really.
5: Oh yeah, man. I mean, you know, the holes are still up there. We got forty, fifty foot holes up the river, but man, it's, it's you know, you got to walk to get to them. You can't take your boat.
4: <laughs> mm. Now, what did that do to the fishing, though? That much. I mean, that's a lot of water to drop.
5: Oh man, I mean, you know, it it slowed the fishing down a little because you can't get to them. You know, I can't anyway. If, if you had a little low. 10 foot flat bottom boat, you possibly could if you got out and half to push it halfway there, but <laughs> I ain't getting out of my boat for nobody.
4: <laughs> you also have to be you know, careful. When you're
5: like a rock, you got to be prepared.
4: Yeah, but the water dropping like that as well, it will uncover a lot of stuff. I mean, stumps, logs, oh, this, yeah. and that. You got I mean, you know,
5: there, there I thought I knew where it was at, and this new stuff poking up, poking up everywhere you look, but you know, to get back to the flathead and it's on pretty good down there on the river, you know. Uh, the big ones was last week and a half ago, two weeks ago, and now we're catching smaller flatheads, anywhere from 6 to oh, 12 pounds. Oh, that's but decent. Hey, that's a good table fare. Yeah. And it's good action, because I tell you, we was catching them on cut bait, some old bluegill and stuff like that, some uh, black black perch we had that floated up and died in our tank we had, so we just started cutting them up and putting them out there in the current next to some brush. and. Man, it didn't take long because they was whacking them like freight trains, boy. Let me tell you, hitting them hard.
4: Now, live bait reigns supreme. The presentation, the action, everything. But is it good occasionally to switch things up to doing cut bait? I mean, this is dead bait, like you said, Uh, but it Mm -hmm. is fresh dead bait. Is it good every once in a while to switch tactics to kind of keep them fresh so when you go back to live bait, they, they react really well to it?
5: Oh, absolutely, man. You know, you should always have a smorgasbord of bait, you know, and try it all, because whatever works the best, you're going to have to find out. And once you do it, boy, you, you can get right on the right on the point, you know, of uh, catching them fish steady all the time.
3: I know you talk a lot about the bean hole this time of the year, but the fact <laughs> of the matter is if you set it up, the bean hole, with, uh, with punch bait, you know, after you put the beans out, would it be smart for you to set up a couple of poles with some cut bait?
5: Well, I tell you, you know, turtles have a good time with that cut bait. <laughs> I, never I never thought to about be that. be called Turtle Daddy. <laughs> you
4: don't want to be the Turtle Man.
5: <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Big man's bad enough, but Turtle Daddy, no, I can't handle that.
4: <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my gosh. I never really thought about that. I mean, there's a lot of other predators, if you will, uh, that could take your bait.
5: Oh yeah, you know I'm talking gar, and they, you know, they love that. When you get a gar bite hit, you know your your bait is automatically cut in half. That just it's like a buzz hits it.
4: You know, when you catch <laughs> a ten pounder, Mister Cat Daddy, and that's a decent sized catfish. Oh, of course, it's nothing compared to like those eighty six pounders and that great hundred pounder that got away a couple weeks ago. Uh, oh yeah, but a ten pounder, how much meat will you get from that?
5: Well, you know, you, you, you clean it all up nice and slick, where you almost got the bones shining when you're done, and you get all the meat out of the head of the fish and the cheek, and, you know, uh, the belly meat and everything. Out of a 10-pound fish, you probably get three and a half, four pounds of meat. Oh, wow. But, you know, uh, those flatheads, you talk about a good table fare. Now, these boys I took out, they was from Paola, Kansas, I think it was, and man, they had a heck of a good time. You know, just yesterday, you sent me back some pictures, and I ain't never heard of this was flathead tacos. No way! Really? Sounds good. Oh, man, they had that baby stacked with uh, flathead meat and some type of sriracha mixed with mayo and jalapeno pepper. Man, my mouth was just watering, boy. I told you, you boys got to quit sending me stuff like that.
4: Yeah. Now,
5: Cat Teddy, if we want
4: to book a trip with you, man, get out there this summer before it's too late and experience uh, river fishing, limb lines, bank pulls. Go out on the Beetle. lake, whatever it is. The Kansas Cat Man. If we want to get up where, can we find you online?
5: Well, you just tell them, bring it on, Long John at www dot services.
3: Com. You bet. And if you'd like to write old Cat Daddy and send him a photograph of your latest and greatest, maybe one of Miss Money, or Melania Trump, they all look alike, <laughs> uh, send it to catdaddy1 at msn.com. Bingo Flamingo, and this has been brought to you by High Mount Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your
4: wild game cuisine at h-i-m-t-n-jerky.com. Jimbo, what we got coming up next? Freddy Hartize. The Maverick. He's the Maverick. He's the Hollywood Hunter. He is Freddy and the Hartices. That's a band. All right, so he, uh, Freddie Hartices is coming up next. We're going to do the Freddy. Yeah, Mr. Cat Daddy, we love you, buddy.
5: Hey, the revolution, boys. No one has
1: it but you. Why did the pig cross the road? He got bored. <laughs> You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and
2: Trev.
4: They see our pig game. They know that work for real. You smell that cooking? Miss Piggy's a meal We love bacon, grits and ham The pigs are squealing Oh yeah, Sam I am Yes
2: son Just in time for our favorite season We've created a monster A monster of a giveaway. Enter the first ever Gear Up and Hunt Sweepstakes. You could win a $1,000 Shields gift card and Shields Outfitter gear and many more great prizes. Enter today at gameandfishmag.com slash gearupandhunt. It's a monster of a giveaway. The Gear Up and Hunt Sweepstakes, presented by Shields.
0: High Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com.
1: Welcome back to the Revolution with Jim and Trav's Cats, Bulls, and Buck Show. Now kicking off a two parter with Freddie Hartice, host of The Maverick on Sportsman Channel, Sundays 8 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part one.
3: Hey, we are back. We're talking cats, bulls, and bucks on this week's show. Before the break, we have Cat Daddy. What a great guy. And he got a booted crock catfish. Yeah, that
4: is actually why uh, Freddie left. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the the left coast because Cat Daddy, he's been out there fishing too much. It's bleeped <laughs> Freddy off. Just now being joined by the Hollywood Hunter. He's also the Maverick Freddie Hartice. You got to watch though the Maverick Sportsman Channel Sundays, eight p.m. Eastern Time. Mister Freddie, how's it going, buddy?
7: Oh, doing so great. Thank you for having me back. It's been a while, guys. But man follow you and love, love all the chances I get to listen to you and laugh and grin alongside you.
3: Yeah, well, we kind of wish we were with you when uh, you took that pending world record bull elk. Oh, my gosh, yeah.
7: Pending new state record for Colorado on the Harkis Ranch. Unbelievable. You know, it's amazing with these elk how these big bulls are predictable early pre-rut. And we happened to go out there and do the homework, in three years in the making of uh, finding that same giant bull in the same meadow and same area, we built a set. And it turned out to be just a dream come true as I slept in the blind and woke up, and that bull was there in the meadow, and we brought him home. He's uh, pending right now number one or number two in Colorado with a bow on the heartache Ranch. Unreal. And holy that is cow. airing actually right now on on the
4: Mavericks Sunday night. Oh my gosh. Now I don't know if you can say specifics, but in a general vicinity, what did he score? Uh four oh five and 3.8. Oh, holy album. cow oh my god. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's only like it's only like what, three sixty or three seventy to make book and you you're well into the book. Matter of fact you are the book.
7: Oh it it it's been a complete like whirlwind, uh, w- with a bow, it, it only takes uh, a little over 300 to get in the book. But, uh, the fact of, you know, be able to do that then on your home ranch and, you know, it being, you know, we all have different bucket lists when it comes to hunting, uh, different things, but I'll tell you, elk has, has really got me, uh, just over my head. And, and I just, I love every second I get to go chase those guys. Now fun.
4: how old do you think he was?
7: Uh, we had him actually aged at ten and a half years old. Oh, are so, you yeah, serious? These, these big bulls. <laughs> yeah, these big bulls. They they kind of peak out between eight and a half
4: and ten and a half years old. God, he's legally, I think, old enough to drink.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> well, you, he might be too old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You you have been doing a lot of work at the ranch, uh, in order to improve the ranch and so forth what are some of the things that you're doing right now to bring these big guys in
7: it's been it's been so much fun to really learn how to really grow the property to its potential and um in the past i watched my father who was part of the forest service in his in his later early days and learned a lot from him but i had actually found a program a dear friend of mine uh, dave moore who has helped me kind of spearhead some of these projects Called the Equip Program in Colorado and a lot of the surrounding states work with them. And uh, through that, we're able to, you know, it's a long process to get approved, but uh, just got approved, and it looks like we're going to be able to do some major, major things to the ranch. Now we've we've done we've done a lot over the years and had thinning projects, but now to be able to look at fire danger and get rid of noxious weeds to another level, and really just continually groom the land to be its potential. That's what's really allowing us to kill giant animals. And really, not only do it for ourselves, but for other clients, and do it for TV. Which um, we all know those elk—they don't—they don't really stick around in one spot specifically. But when you you give them everything they need uh, in one area, it's pretty hard for them to leave. So uh, we've been really blessed to be able to work with these programs and uh, really hit the ground running. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming out when it comes to you know our our process unfolding over the next year. Or so. Uh, thank you for asking.
4: Yeah, uh, once again, Mr. Freddie Hartice. Make sure you watch The Maverick, that is Sportsman Channel Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, fantastic show, all new season um, airing now. Up where you're at, okay? Let's say at the Hartice Ranch. I mean, you guys have obviously great bulls. What is the mule deer hunting like? Wow,
7: well, the mule deer has been absolutely spectacular, and it's it's been by design. Yeah. That being said, you know, on our place specifically, it's been 26 years archery only. Wow. And and that being said, you know, we're able to really grow the herd. The biggest struggle we have right now is really predation. You know, the mountain lions are, are a big issue for us because we can't seem to get a grip on it with the quotas being so minimal in, in Colorado and all these units. Um, just to give you an example, you know, in our unit, specifically 851, they only give out, you know, less than 30 tags oh. for that unit. And that unit is actually consumed with two other units as well so it's within 30 days of a four-month season our quote is full Mm. so when it comes to these lions as much as we can maybe knock one or two off they seem to come back for more and uh you know we do have incredible deer and we're getting ready to gear up for an incredible deer season you know just in a few weeks but we've definitely seen the predation be a be an impact and a problem
4: for us this summer yeah now as the elk start to migrate and move in uh, will that affect the mule deer and kind of displace them and disrupt their patterns? Or do they just kind of steer clear of each other?
7: You know what? That's a great question because I've, I've heard that a lot, but I've lived it for 26 years. Yeah. And it really does not. I, I mean, it disturbs them, yeah. but they don't leave. Oh. You okay. know, they just kind of keep their ground. And, and the elk will kind of take over an area and the deer will move a little bit, but it doesn't blow them out of the area cuz obviously the month of september's when when the rut kicks up for the elk and the deer rut doesn't really hit out there until december so there there's definitely uh time that those elk kind of take over that area and they winter there and spend time but uh they co mingle outside of outside of, of the rut where the elk get kind of crazy
3: Uh, they co-mingle somewhat well wow hey uh fred we gotta take a break can you stick around for another part? this is good stuff
7: no problem yes thank you so much
3: all right hey we're talking with freddie hartice and of course he's the host of the maverick on sportsman's channel sundays at eight o'clock eastern time and this has been presented
4: by outdoor channel sportsman Channel, world fishing network and my outdoor tv mr freddie to learn more about you the maverick man uh, once again all-new season, currently airing. Uh, your partners, where you're going to be, your awesome trophies. Where can we find you online? Well, you can
7: find me at freddyhartice.com is the best place, and you'll be able to find a bunch of information there.
3: You bet. Hey, we're going to do the Freddy right after this. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>
1: Here's Mrs. Bunny with the Whitetail Comeback.
7: The Whitetail Comeback. Today, there are more than 32 million whitetails across the country. However, not that long ago, this species faced a whole other reality. In 1900, America's favorite big game species had a population of less than 500,000 and was in trouble. However, habitat programs, research, science-based management, regulations, and enforcement, all led and funded by hunters, brought the whitetail back to extraordinary levels that we
5: see today.
1: We ain't pretty, we don't smell nice We shot a white tail once or twice But if you don't care, then we don't care So wave your flag and your guns up in the air Let's go! Stick around, the revolution will return right after these messages It's a masterclass in the art of the driven hunt 11 years in the making I gotta tell you, it was a thrill Discover techniques and tricks of European style driven hunts From some of the world's best riflemen so get ready. The hunt is about to begin. Wild Boar Fever, the art of boar. Presented by Aing Point. Premier Saturday, September 11th at 5.30 p.m. on Outdoor Channel. And streaming exclusively on My Outdoor TV. How would you like to save up to $500 on your next vacation package? Any vacation package anywhere in the world. Create the perfect trip for you. Call now and learn how to save up to $500 on your next custom vacation. Pick up the phone, call Superior Travel, and use the code word
4: radio. 800 570 9631. 800 570 9631. That's 800 570 9631.
1: Cats, bulls, and bucks is on the revolution with Jim and Trav. Now let's get back to Freddie Hartice, host of the Maverick on Sportsman Channel. Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at myoutdoortv.com. This is part two.
3: Hey, we are back. We're talking cats, bulls, and bucks on this week's show. And before the break, we have part one with Freddie Hartice. He's the host of The Maverick on Sportsman Channel, Sundays at 8 o'clock. Now, the thing is, with this big bull, I mean, you have done something that many, many people have wanted to do, especially on a free-range bull to be that large. you got to be proud.
7: It, it, yeah, I, I still was sleep over it to think that we put it together. What was so funny is... Right before I started hunting him, I was nervous to go out and start hunting, thinking that maybe we won't have an opportunity.
6: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
7: We, we definitely, that perfect practice and that preparation uh, led us in the in the perfect direction. So we, we, yeah, I could retire from elk hunting, but definitely not from chasing them with, with clients.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, going back to mule deer for a second, I love how everyone just bags on mule deer. Oh, they're so stupid. Whitetails are so much better. However, when you look at their trophy room, they don't have world-class muleys hanging on the wall. (laughs) You know? Uh, know, Why why do you think they get such a bad rap? Like, honestly.
7: You know what? You know, that's a a really good question. But one thing I've found over the years of hunting mule deer and and finding the clients that really respect and appreciate that species is the mule deer in North America is the most coveted of the trophies because it's the hardest to be able to get a trophy size animal of. Mm -hmm. So uh, clients today and and, hunters today, as they're going around the country trying to find the right places to go hunt these mule deer, it's not always easy. So as much as some people say they're not as keen or not as wild as a whitetail, they're not always easy to find. And that's really the biggest thing. Now, one of the harder things in in harvesting one is to find a, a trophy mule deer. And and to me, what I love most about them and why I would defer hunting any other species of deer you know, if I was to pick between mule deer and anything else is because I love the idea of spot and stock. Now, you can't really do that successfully, consistently with a whitetail. Mm-hmm. But you can do that if you're smart and you're on top of your game and you're willing to go out there and put the effort in with a mule deer. So to me, I love that approach, and I love the ability to cover a ton of ground and to be able to go out there and, you know, really just scope it all out, find the best opportunity, and go after it. But, you know, as much as a mule deer has maybe got a little bit of a bad rap, anyone that goes and experiences it and does it for the first time I guarantee would have a different perspective
3: after they did. Yeah, you know, I uh, wrote an article for Outdoor Life called "Tag Team and for Trophies," and it was two yeah. brother in laws, and that uh, one would go up the mountain in the middle of the night, and then the other one would start off at daybreak and work his way up the mountain. And of course, we know about the thermals and so forth, and they would force those deer up. Uh-huh. Well, they knew the pinch points on the on the mountain itself and they were able to be successful to shoot this gigantic with a bow uh mule deer now spot and stalk as you said is a little different and it's a little tougher because you know they have eyes and ears just like a whitetail and uh, you know you can you can spook an elk and uh, it's gone five counties later. You know, with a, with a mule <laughs> yeah. deer. With a mule deer, I mean, I have seen them. Where, and some pretty good mule deer. They'll run out there two, three hundred yards, which is out of bow range. But they'll stop, turn around, and look at you. Maybe where they—that's where they get that idea that they're not the brightest in the world. But they also know that you're shooting a bow. You know, so
7: <laughs> <laughs> isn't that the truth? And what I love about the mule deer too is when they go out there, as long as you don't consistently push them, you can come back for another possible opportunity, at them the next morning or evening, you know, and that's what's so neat is they stay in the general area where you can typically hunt that specific gear. So if you find the one that you're really after, if you play your cards right and don't push him too aggressively, eventually you'll get an opportunity.
4: Yeah. Now, like on the heart ice ranch, okay. World-class hunting. The experience as a whole is just phenomenal, man. Um, is it possible for people to, like, book a trip with you guys? I mean, how does that work? Is it just family and friends? Is it, like, 10 years out before anyone can do? And are any of those hunts <laughs> ever featured on the Maverick?
7: Great question. Yes, we actually, uh, the Maverick will host six to eight hunts a year wow. on our properties there. And the reason being is it's so good to film. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and the animals are there, and we've actually we've built this haven for them. And And we've opened it up several years back for clients and friends to be able to partake and do do what we do. because we've we, you know our goal was always take the best experiences we had around the world and put them all into one place. So not only we would have what we really wanted when it came to a hunt, but to open up to select guests. So yes, we do. and and the best place to kind of research that would be uh, my ranch hearttice ranch, uh, com. And, uh, you know, from there, you can learn a lot more. Or by watching the Maverick, you can see a lot of that. But to me, it's not so much what we can get, but what we can give. And, yeah. and we've been experiencing such a neat flow of the last, you know, decade of really growing these herds and really, you know, putting it, putting the time and the resources in and, and learning what it takes with the soil samples. And, and, and really it's become such a, such a unique incubating gift to be able to really learn and take care of the land that there's nothing more exciting and fulfilling than to see other people accomplish, you know, what they're after
4: as well. Now question for you, um, obviously in some areas, hunting participation is, is truly growing and that's really exciting. And it's in part because of people like, uh, you, uh, Mr. Freddie and also Laramie Miller, you know, we got him coming up next. You guys encourage awesome. not only, uh, you know, conservation projects, but hunting being outside this outdoor recreational lifestyle, There is so much land that is never touched, you know, by foot. And the the thing is, a lot of people say, oh, I'm a backcountry hunter. They only go four miles in and everyone congregates. You know, if you were to go 15 miles back in, you wouldn't see a a soul. Yeah, you'd go to the Starbucks. It is. It's kind of mind blowing when you really look how desolate most of the Midwest is and how much country is never seen by a vehicle or a human, there is plenty of room for everyone to get out and recreate, don't you think?
7: Oh, 1000%. I've done several hunts, uh backcountry hunts where where I've never run into anybody uh, on public lands. And it's extra special to go do it that way because it is you know, it, it, you have to put all your skills to the test and you don't have someone kind of guiding you through that experience. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you a million percent. I'm always out there educating and trying to get other people out there to, to experience just the blessings of, of God's country. And I know over the last year and a half as we've dealt with this, this crazy virus, it, it's allowed all of us to really want to be out in the outdoors that much more. And we're actually attracting a lot more people that maybe haven't done it because they realize you know what it's therapy to be out
3: there. Mm-hmm. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Freddie Hartice. He is a host of the Maverick on Sportsman's Channel Sundays at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. Alright, so uh, make sure you watch
4: again all new season, the Maverick Sportsman Channel Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And this is being presented by Tour TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. Tour TV at TV.com. Again, Mr. Freddie, to learn more about you,
3: where do we have to head, man?
7: Uh, FreddieHartice.com.
3: Yeah, hey, we're going to go to a break, and after the break, Larry May. Sasquatch Miller is going to be on he is the host of Last of the Breed oh
4: that's cool so Sunday nights you could watch Freddie on Sportsman Channel Uh, in about an hour and a half later you can catch uh, Laramie Last of the Breed that's what I do alright Laramie he's coming up next Mr. Freddie you're so awesome God bless you buddy
7: thank you Jim and Travis appreciate you guys
1: Here's Mrs. Bunny with a tip on where to place your trail cameras.
7: Where to place your trail cameras? Over food plots. Place your cameras high so they have a view of the entire field. Game trails. Catch movement between bedding area and food sources. You'll want a camera with a fast trigger speed to catch deer and other game as they walk or run by watering holes. Late in the summer when moisture can be lacking, put a trail camera over a watering hole to give you insight into what is in the area. Finally, over bait, salt or minerals. If you're looking for a steady
0: way to encourage trail camera footage, a bait site is the most reliable photo producer.
1: JimandTrav.com Your portal to the power of our interwebs. I have
7: to get online.
1: Read blogs, get expert advice from our hunting and fishing professionals, product reviews with buy or bust, and connect directly with Jim and Trav. JimandTrav.com don't move. The revolution will return in a few moments.
2: Deer week is coming and the fur is going to fly. Our Deer week co-host can't wait as Jeff Denker faces off with Megatron in a grudge match for the ages. And country music star Cody Johnson takes on Raxzilla in a bruising Texas turf war. Two networks, seven nights, 140 hunts. Let the battles begin. Deer Week begins Monday, September 13th on Outdoor Channel and Sportsman Channel. Presented by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Make my day.
0: High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you. Or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com
1: thanks for tuning into the revolution with jim and trav comments suggestions and feedback always welcome where at jimand now here's a two-part interview with laramie sasquatch miller host of last of a breed on sportsman channel sundays 9 30 p.m eastern mm-hmm. presented by outdoor channel sportsman channel world fishing network and my outdoor tv here's part one, part one.
3: Hey, we are back. We're talking cats, bulls, and bucks on this week's show. Before the break, we had Freddie Hartize. He has a program called The Maverick on Sportsman's Channel. But our next guest, man, he's the last of a breed.
4: That's right. He is Sasquatch. This man is amazing. He's tall, he's bearded, and he's dubbied. Uh, make sure you watch Last of a Breed Sportsman Channel Sundays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Sasquatch, how's it going, buddy?
8: It's going good. It's always good to come see you guys or at least talk to you guys. Well, it, it's
3: <laughs> interesting that you had to take a bath. And we have to talk about shrinkage. Sometimes, yeah, his beard, it actually
8: shrunk. Yeah, that mountain water. That mountain
3: water do it Yeah, they say that spring water is supposed
4: to rejuvenate. Well, <laughs> yeah. we'll see with time what happens. Um, no, don't, don't make beer. So, yeah, talking about we during the break there, uh folks, we were actually talking about the wildfires up there. Is that displacing a lot of the animals right now?
8: You know, these animals, they're so used to it cuz every year there's fires out west. Every oh, yeah. year there's smoke. You know, the fires will displace them a little bit, but it's actually, you know, it's good for the the forest when we have forest fires. It's sad because um there are some animals that die and you know, it burns up a lot of country and it's a lot of resources that we should be taking advantage of thinning and clearing, but that's nature's way of rejuvenating the forest is forest fires.
3: Well, you know, uh now I don't know whether the forests that are burning up there are such that you could actually timber them off. But, you know, in the old days, that's what they did. They timbered it off, they cleared it out, and the the uh, forest fires weren't as devastating.
8: Well, and now they're, they're starting to thin again, which for 10, 12 years in Montana, you couldn't log. There was no logging done anywhere, really, unless it was private or, um, you know, very small tracks. But now they're actually starting, like right behind my house, they did a big thinning project and thinned a bunch of the forest, which is going to help. And Mm -hmm. it's going to help the animals as well because it gives them, you know, there's more sun exposure, so they got more food, and some of the cover was taken away, but they still have plenty to evade animals. You know, it's it. works out great for everything. Yeah. Uh, once again,
4: Laramie Sasquatch Miller, you guys have to watch such a fantastic show, Last of a Breed, Sportsman Channel, Sundays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, you know, when it comes to DIY elk hunting, I, I think the success rate lands somewhere like around 11% or something. I mean, it is like really Pretty low. Really, yeah. really low. You know, I, I think it's great when you can go down and, and knock a, a trophy class bull down, but I think a lot of people are missing a wonderful opportunity 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 to hunt cows, to, I mean, shoot a decent spike. I mean, you know, the experience itself, putting meat in the freezer, doing what you can is great. We don't always have to kill a 360 class bull, you know?
8: Yeah, everybody wants to. But, you know, the realistic side of that is, you know, for me, I'm all about the experience. Elk hunting is one of those things that just the experience and hearing those elk scream and, you know, the vocalization that they have. Is unre- I mean, it's unlike anything else out there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Now, the biggest problem with honey elk that I have found in my lifetime is the fact that when you see them now, they could be three hills away by the time you got even near them. These oh, guys
8: can oh, move oh, yeah. out, can't they? <laughs> well, it's not like deer hunting. You know, most deer, even mule deer. Mule deer, will, they'll run a big circle. An yeah. elk
4: will leave the county. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they'll leave the state and no the address. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you think in this early season, since it is so hot, you know, you have like a, a darn whitetail or mule deer? They could go, you know, sometimes two, three days without drinking. And elk isn't equipped, built that way. They have to drink every day. You know, Mm -hmm. focusing on those water holes right now, especially with this intense heat, uh, that's just a smart bet.
8: Well, wallows are one of the best things in the early season because, you know, if you think about it, you've got your cows haven't quite come in yet. Most of them, you might have one or two in here and there in the early archery seasons. But what happens is those those bulls, especially your bigger bulls, believe it or not, early in the season is the best time to kill those big bulls because they're off on their own. They're not herded up with them cows yet because they're waiting for them cows to say the word. So wallows are a great thing to sit by, you know, monitor because them bulls will come check them wallows daily because the cows will go in there and they'll roll. And, you know, especially when it's this hot, they're getting in there and cooling off and, you know, getting some mud on them to get the bugs off of them. Well, if a cow's in estrus, that bull will track her down from that water hole, just like a bloodhound. Yes. So they come and check those water holes every day. And so sitting on a water hole, me personally, I hate sitting, but it's a great way to be successful. Yeah. You can almost smell them, can't you? oh yeah I can smell them right now just thinking about it <laughs> do you find uh, that's, uh, that's, that's my cover scent half the time you know I get some of that wallow mud and rub it on me and- <laughs> in the early that's,
4: that's the bath. in the er, you know early season you got a lot of satellite bulls out there you, you know you don't have the pressure of they're not all herded up you don't have nine million eyes looking at you do you do much calling
8: believe it or not the early season bugling works the best really because in the early season you know you can you, th- you throw out a little bit of that soft cow calling yeah. But bugling because those bulls, you know, they're getting their packing order together. They're figuring out, you know, who's king and who's queen and prince and, <laughs> you know, and so doing calling, setting up and call. You're not going to hear as many bugles, but they will react to those calls. You, They'll come in quiet a lot, but they will react to those calls almost every time if you're close enough to them in the early season. You know, and they're not educated as well yet because they haven't had. You know, you haven't had as much fighting. Once some cows come in heat, then bulls fight and, you know, they get their butts kicked and then they get gun shy. And, you know, the early season, they're still, you know, filling their oats and feeling tough. And, you know, it's like that guy in the weight room that, you know, when he goes in there, he's just hammering away at the beginning, but towards the end, he's, you know, he's tired and he can't do as much.
3: Yeah. we well, you know, I, I have heard it said, and I, I think it's also true that the best hunting is on the dark side of the mountain. I like that.
4: <laughs> He's like, I don't know if I it's like
3: true, it. but I like it. <laughs> well, you you figure that well, you know th- these animals are creatures of habit, and uh, you know, like in the summer, they're on the they're not out in the sunlight. You know, well,
8: your north facing canyons. Your yeah, north facing canyons. I don't care where you are in the world, your north facing canyons are where you're going to find the most lush feed, the most cover. That's where them bulls hang out a majority of the time, all summer long. You know those north-facing canyons with easterly and westerly sloping ridges on the side. That's you know whenever I go to a new area, I'll get on Google Maps or something like that, and that's what I look for: is those north-facing canyons like that because they're almost always going to have water. And when you have that north face, it's in the shade more, so it's going to be more lush. You know, especially in drought times like we have now. That's where you really want to focus your time. Well, and and the
3: fact of the matter is that when you find a saddle going into those areas, that is a place to set up. And if you can Mm -hmm. put a tree stand up, get you up a little higher, be able to see a little bit better. But you're able to intercept them on their way to where they're going.
5: To and from food. You
8: know, that's another crazy thing about elk, too. You talk about how they'll just run out of the country. You know, elk will move. Three, four, five, six miles between their bedding area and their feeding area. Wow. And, you know, people don't, especially, you know, a lot of whitetail hunters, you don't realize that and how much country elk will cover. Mm -hmm. You know, you could see a bull in one canyon one day and, if he gets boogered, I mean, he could be 10, 15 miles away the next day. You bet. Ooh.
3: Hey, we're coming up on a break. How about sticking around for another part? Sounds good. All right. Hey, we're talking with Larry S- Larry. 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 <laughs> That's, That's his, his uncle. brother. Yeah. <laughs> Laramie Sasquatch. I can't even read my own notes. You know that? Laramie Sasquatch Miller. He is the host of Last of a Breed-In Sportsman Channel Sundays at 930 Eastern Time. Bingo, Jimbo. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel,
4: World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. The best way to find Laramie is to get on Google Maps. He will be or, or on the that mud on him. high, dark side of the mountain <laughs> in a damn wallow. Uh, but to find you online, uh, Sasquatch, where do we need to go, buddy?
8: So you go to LaramieMiller.com. And then uh, for Instagram and Facebook, it's Laramie Sasquatch Miller. You bet. Hey, more Laramie right after this.
1: I see Sasquatch. Sasquatch likes to tan with cow brains. What's that?
4: Sasquatch likes to tan with cow brains.
8: There's not enough brain in a beaver to tan the height of a deer, but like what I use, I usually go get uh, cow brains. You can never apply too much brain. Don't go anywhere. Laramie Sasquatch
1: Miller from Last of a Breed is sticking around to hang out with Jim and Trav. And you should too. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Drop us some feedback at JimandTrav.com. Talking cats, bulls, and bucks on today's broadcast. Now let's rejoin the boys and Laramie Sasquatch Miller, host of Last of a Breed on Sportsman Channel, Sundays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at Motorsports.com. This is part two.
3: Hey, we're back. We're talking cats, bulls, and bucks on this week's show. And, of course, we had Laramie Miller on. Of course, everybody knows him as Sasquatch. I call him Larry.
4: (laughs) That's just short, you know. Uh, Last to read, though, Sportsman Channel, Sundays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Such a fantastic show. You can also get it on uh, My Outdoor TV. Real quick, I want to say, though, uh, people can get some pretty cool swag, some awesome T-shirts from Laramie. I don't have one. Are they for sale on your website? Is that where you have to go? Yep. They are.
8: You can go on the website. You can actually get directed right to it from Facebook and Instagram.
4: Now, if you had to pick one state to hunt elk in, which would it be and why? Ooh,
8: That's a tough one because there's also differences in every state. Mm -hmm. You know, I personally love Montana um, just because it's big country. You have The experience to me is a little more because you have so many big predators. Mm -hmm. You know, Colorado, I grew up in Colorado. I love hunting Colorado. It's getting tougher now because there's so many people that go to Colorado. um, But it's still, you know, you're dealing with that high altitude, high country, big alpine meadow type stuff. And, you know, you don't really have a lot of that in Montana. But I'd have to say Montana.
4: Now, are over-the-counter tags easy or is it pretty much draw?
8: It's draw in Montana, so they only give out a certain number of tags for elk to non-residents. As a resident, you get a tag every year, but as a non-resident, you have to draw. Um, That's why a lot of people go to Colorado is because, you know, you still have those, which Colorado's doing Mm -hmm. a lot of draw now, too, though. Mm -hmm. Um, They've cut a lot of their over-the-counter areas down to draw, you know, so you only have about half of the area you used to be able to go over-the-counter. Um, You know, Idaho is another one that they have uh, first-come, 1st first serve tags. So, you know, you can buy those, and it, they usually go on sale in the winter, mm. and uh, you can buy them, but as soon as they get to a certain number, they're sold out. Yep. Um, and then, you know, pretty much everywhere else is draw.
3: Yeah. We were talking about uh, forest fires and how it kind of clears out the underbrush and so forth, but the fact of the matter is, how long does it take from the time the fire goes through? Is it a couple of years before that comes back for good browse? What do you think?
8: Oh, yeah. I mean, the browse won't come back. It'll be two to three years before it comes back to where the elk, you know, usually two years, the elk will start going in there. Um, Elk and deer will start going in there and feeding. Um, But, like, you look, there's fires right here in Montana that, like, one of the fires is in 2001, and none of the trees have grown back yet. I mean, there's some short ones, but it's, you know, it takes a long time when it completely burns like that to rejuvenate the whole forest. Yeah. Um, You know, your grass has come up, but your trees and you know a lot of your your shrub stuff takes a while.
3: Yeah, well, you know, uh, you know, you living in uh, and of course we knew you back in uh, in Bayfield, Colorado. But the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of underbrush. You know, As you're driving down I-70, you'll really notice the the underbrush in the uh, in the woods. But you get out there like in the HDS, and you know where the HDS are at. Man, that is oh, yeah. just that's just like being Florida with uh, all of that scrub brush and so forth.
8: Oh, it's thick. You got the the oak down there you know, yeah. the oak brush is just that stuff's a nightmare to walk through yeah it'll rip it'll rip you from one side to the other <laughs> yeah and you know, then with in fact, elk love it
3: yeah it, it really conceals them well and you know oftentimes you're not you're not seeing a whole animal you're only seeing like the flicker of a tail the its underbelly mm-hmm. you know and so forth so you really have to
8: hunt differently when the underbrush is really thick yeah you're not going to walk through there and you know happen upon an elk because it used to sound like a herd of elephants going through that stuff. <laughs> you know, so it, it that's where those water holes and being patient, you know, sitting and glassing and then making your move pays off.
4: Yeah, have you ever hunted elk in uh, Kentucky? I have not. Is yeah. that I is put that in for the tag? But I've never drawn it. Yeah, I was wondering. I, I wonder how many preference points you have to get. I heard it's pretty good though
8: the uh, elk hunting. Yeah, I mean it's it's phenomenal. You know, Kentucky has one of like the top five or six. Elk populations in the U.S.
4: Yeah, that is amazing.
3: Well, you know, they they tried mm-hmm. to restock uh, elk in northern Wisconsin. Didn't work out too well. I don't know why. Maybe the, the uh, it was the, the just wolves. Who too- <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Maybe but or somebody true? from Milwaukee yeah. was there.
4: <laughs> Sasquatch is close. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So have you found, especially with, you know, I hate to say the pandemic, um, people are getting more back into like the traditional way of life and hunting, which I mean, that's what you're all about, oh. man.
8: Are, are you finding yeah, 100%. a hundred percent? Really? You know, I, I've seen, I've seen a lot. I've had a lot of people reach out because you have a lot of people that, you know, go back to the basics. Cause what happens, you know, God forbid, what happens? We can't get ammunition. Oh yeah. We can't get, you know, stuff like that. You need to know, how to make your own bullets. You need to know the traditional survival aspects of that side of it. And I think a lot of people are seeing that and wanting to get back. And then, you know, you also have all these new shows coming out. You know, you have alone, mm-hmm. Um, You know, so survival and traditional aspect of hunting is becoming bigger and bigger, which I love to see. You know, the more people we can get into it, the better, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, well, you know, when you were talking about the states that you'd like to hunt elk in, I was thinking Rhode Island. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Never heard of one there. but I don't think they're <laughs> I,
8: I don't believe so. All
4: right. So to pick up your swag, to learn more about you, to follow online, man, where can we do that?
8: Well, go to LaramieMiller.com or you can go to LastOfAbreed.com and then uh, to find... On Instagram and Facebook, it's
3: Laramie Sasquatch Miller. You bet, and if you need swag for your swagger, you get it from Laramie. That's right, and you can also find him (laughs) this fall, Rhode Island, (laughs) Jason (laughs) L.
4: I've got to get to a break. Mr. Sasquatch, we love you, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's always nice talking to you. Stay right there.
1: The Revolution with Jim and Trav will return right after these messages.
2: Just in time for our favorite season, we've created a monster. A monster of a giveaway. Enter the first ever Gear Up and Hunt sweepstakes. You could win a $1,000 Shields gift card and Shields Outfitter gear and many more great prizes. Enter today at caveandfishmag.com slash gearupandhunt. It's a monster of a giveaway. The Gear Up and Hunt sweepstakes presented by Shields. Are you wondering what to do with your leftover game
1: meat? Turn it into delicious snacks. At High Mountain Seasonings, we have 25 jerky making kits, 14 snack and stick kits, and 20 sausage making kits. That means we have something for everybody. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. The Revolution with Jim and Trav present Real Men of the Outdoors. Real Men of the Outdoors. Today we salute you, Mr. Jim. Look who it is, it's Jim. With his endless supply of Tommy Bahama outfits, safari hats, and sandals. What were you thinking? I was going to change my name to Tommy Bahama. You think it looks natural, but it couldn't look weirder. Unless maybe it had a
3: propeller. Oh, look at the freak. I do have new shorts. <laughs> well, I got Hollywood legs, I, I like to wear shorts and a t shirt when I record. Do you Fun. know that I have barbecue sauce on my knuckle? Yeah, I did lick it off. So once again, we salute you,
1: oh grandpappy of the outdoors, Mr. Jim.
3: I don't know if it was from yesterday or last week. It's the
0: Great show, everyone. We just got to get out of here. Man, this is it.
3: Oh, no. This sounds serious and real.
1: This concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week.
0: What the hell are you still doing here?
1: Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com.
3: Hey, what a great show this week, talking about cats, bulls, and uh, bucks. And you know what? I've decided that I'm going to change my plans about going to Rhode Island. No, you're not going to go to Rhode Island? No, nope, I'm going to go to Freddy's Ranch. Yeah. This is where I'm going to.
4: I'll set on the gate. He's going to go to Rhode Island for the turtle hunting now. That's it. All right, so great show with Freddie
3: Hartace, also Laramie Sasquatch Miller, and Cat Daddy. That's right. Yeah. Jimbo, last word? Hey, you know what? We're just a week or so away from dove season. Get out there. If you haven't practiced, go to your local gun club or step out the back unless you're living in New York City and uh, shoot some of those clays. Only listen to half of what Jimbo says. <laughs> <laughs> that half you won't go to jail for.
4: Uh anyways, when you when you do that stuff though, make sure you uh recreate outdoors as a family and you always hammer home firearm safety. Jimbo we gotta get we gotta go man. We gotta get out of here. Alright so peace out. God bless you boys and girls. Thank you so much for listening to us. We love you so much. God bless.